She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is a best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 16 years, mom to four children, not to mention everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey guys, it is your girl, Autumn Miles, back with a fresh, brand new edition of the Autumn Miles Show. I am so glad that you're joining us today. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for being a part of this show. We are starting into the Christmas season. Now, for those of you that don't know, maybe you don't follow on Instagram or whatever, we have a transracial family. So that means four of us are white and two of us are black. And we went to Cracker Barrel. We go after church a lot of times. And uh, we had a very long wait. And my daughter, Haven, was looking straight up and she was staring at this angel. Now we were in the market for a new angel because last year we put it up and it only had one wing. And like, I don't think it had a nose. One of its hands was broken off. Like it was time after 16 years, it was time to get a new angel for the top of the tree. So Haven's obsessed with this angel. She's staring at it. And I look up and I notice that the angel is black, a black angel. And I look at Haven and I say, Haven, you like that angel? She said, yes, mom, the angel looks like me. And I said, it does look like you. So of course we get it down. She looks at it. She is drawn to this angel. And I start talking to her about like the hair and the dress and the fact that its hands light up and it's holding a cross and it's just so beautiful. So I bought the angel on the spot, brought it home. And she asked me when we're putting up the tree, where's my angel? I go get the angel. Of course, we haven't even taken it out of the box yet, but I go get the angel and I set her down and I said, Haven, what is it about this angel that you're so drawn to? And she says, it's because the angel looks like me. And she put the angel on the top of the tree and there it sits today. And hopefully this angel will survive the next 16 years and it will be special just like our last angel was. But it touched my heart so much. It was as if she saw herself in the angel. And I just have thought multiple times since then how personal God makes the Christmas story. Now she was drawn to the angel. And of course I told her all about the angels and how they appeared to the shepherds and bringing her in on the Christmas story and her really identifying with, with a piece of it was so incredibly special. And I just think that sometimes we don't realize, you know, when our children are captivated, even by an ornament or by something that they see themselves represented in, those are the teaching moments where you can sit down with your children and talk to them about biblical things. I think God was delighted that she saw herself in this angel and she felt very represented in that moment. And I want to challenge you 
parents, as your kids identify with things, whether it's an ornament or whether it's a song or whether it's, you know, a nativity scene or whether it's giving or maybe you do the Project Angel Tree and your kid asks questions and they're drawn to something in the Christmas story, you know, that is what this season is about, teaching them about why Jesus came, about how he came. And we definitely took that opportunity to talk about how pivotal the angels were in the Christmas story. So it doesn't matter how young they are, they need to be taught on their level about the significance of the Christ child and the significance of the season. My kids know Santa's not real. And I know you're going to probably, someone's going to hate that. We, we do not tell them that Santa is real. Santa is something we play is what we say at home. Jesus is the way. It's a little saying I made up when Grace was little and it works, guys. Santa is something we play. Jesus is the way. So when your child identifies with something in the Christmas story, seize that moment. Don't be so caught up in whatever it is that you're facing that you don't seize that moment and teach your child how that Christmas story was for them and how special it is. So those are my opening thoughts. I'm going to talk about sometimes favor doesn't look like favor. We have messed up this definition of favor in the Western Christianity. And sometimes favor doesn't look like favor. Catch me after the break for that message. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, guys. It's your girl, Autumn Miles, back from the break. I'm so glad you joined me just for kind of the guts of the podcast today. You guys, I did this message a year ago, just full transparency. And we were talking through what exactly we wanted to do to start off the Christmas season. And it was as if God just put like a a circle around this message in my mind. And so I wanted to deliver it to you today. Here's the word of the day. Sometimes favor doesn't look like favor. Okay. Sometimes favor doesn't look like favor. Now in ministry, the word favor gets thrown around like crazy. We say, you know, oh, you have the favor of the Lord on you. You have the favor of the Lord. You got a new boyfriend. You got engaged. You got a job promotion. You got a new car, all of those things. And we'll just say, oh, they're favored. God's favor is on them. And yes, 
sometimes favor does look like engagement or a new car or a promotion or something like that. But sometimes favor doesn't look like those things. We have put favor in this box where favor must only look like the good things that happen to us. It must only look like succeeding greatly, but sometimes it doesn't look like that. Sometimes favor looks like failure. I'm going to explain myself in a second. Sometimes favor looks like a journey. Sometimes favor looks like a scandal. Sometimes favor looks like isolation. Sometimes favor looks like poverty. I want you as, especially during this year and everything that we have had to walk through, I want you today, based on the scripture, to start redefining favor in your mind. Because if we get all caught up in the fact that favor has to look like a new car, a new house, a promotion, whatever, we can miss one of the greatest nuggets of the Christmas story that I don't think we talk about enough. We promote favor as abundance. We rarely identify favor as a deficit. I want to go straight to the scripture today, and it is in Luke 1. Now, I I could talk about this in many different places in the Word. I like Luke 1 and Luke 2's dialogue of the Christmas story. Luke 2, I'm going to start in Luke 26. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall name him Jesus and he will be great. And will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. I'm going to keep reading just because this is like the most amazing story of all time. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I'm a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the most high will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy child shall be called the son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, 
the bond servant of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I read this story with a new light last year and I was praying the whole time, Lord, show me something different. Show me what my eyes have missed. Show me nuggets from your word. Show me things that I can make very palatable to those that listen to the videos or that listen to the podcast or that time the radio show. And this jumped out the page to me. So it was almost like it was screaming at me. If you look at the circumstances of Mary, you know, she was probably 13, 14 years old. She was engaged. She was not married. She was a virgin. Hello. She was a virgin. She was poor. We know that Joseph had some means to him. She was doing something normal. Okay. She did not reside in a palace. She was doing something normal. In verse 26, it says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city, Galilee called Nazareth. Nobody knew anything about Nazareth. It wasn't like, you know, New York city, Manhattan. It was Nazareth. Like it was like not a special city at all. It became special clearly because of the Christmas story. But at that time, it wasn't special at all. So here's this young virgin who is engaged to an older man. She has no money. She's just going about her day in this small town of Nazareth. And this angel shows up to her and says, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. If you were to meet Mary, you would never say to her, she was favored. Because favor, the way we define it today, does not look like this kind of favor. She didn't have a new car. She didn't have that Gucci bag. She didn't have all of the things that we ascribe to favor. She didn't have a huge following. She was basically a nobody. She didn't have 500,000 followers on YouTube. She didn't have a high position. She, she didn't have a college degree. She had none of those things. And yet she was addressed as favored one. The Lord is with you. And even more than that, the angel goes on and says this. Do not be afraid, Mary, verse 30, for you have found favor with God. When you sit and just kind of digest this greeting and you sit back and you look at the details surrounding her story, she was single. How many single people out there today don't think they're favored because they don't have a, a mate? Why? Because the church is guilty of this. You are significant if you have a mate. I know this. My sister lived this for 40 years. She just got married this past summer on July 4th. If you're married, then you're significant. But if you're not, well, you know, there's really no use for you. And my sister has dealt with that stigma for 40 years. So I know it exists. She wasn't married. She was a virgin. How many people these days are made fun of because they're saving their self for, for getting married? She was a virgin. If you step back and look at the circumstances of Mary, no one today would define her as highly favored. No one. And yet 
in the sight of Almighty God. She wasn't just favored. She was highly favored. She was chosen to carry the son of Almighty God. We must redefine how we look at someone and slap the term favor on them. She was ordinary, but she was faithful. She was ordinary, but she had character. And you know how I know that? Because of her response. And Mary said in verse 38, Behold, the bond servant of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. She submitted to the task at hand. That's how I know she had character. Don't think for a second that God defines favor the way the world does. I think we've done a terrible job, a terrible job at assuming that people that have everything are highly favored. We need to look no further than the Christmas story and be inspired by who exactly was chosen to carry the Christ child. I want those of you that just call yourself ordinary, I want you to be inspired by this because maybe you're disrespecting yourself and God has highly favored you. And maybe your negative view of yourself could potentially keep you from something supernatural that God wants to do through you. You look at who God chose when he chose the next king of Israel. You look at David. David wasn't even invited to the ceremony from Jesse's sons when Samuel was looking to anoint a king. He wasn't even invited. They didn't even ask him to come in. And Samuel went through every single one of Jesse's sons. And God said, that's not it. He's 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 not it. And Samuel had to ask Jesse, is this all your sons? And Jesse said, oh, no, there's one that's in the field. And as soon as David walked in, the insignificant one, the one that his father didn't even invite to the anointing ceremony, God told Samuel, that's him. Rise and anoint him. Sometimes the most favored people in the world are not the ones the world calls favored. We need to redefine this word, especially in the Christian world, because it is tearing us from, I believe, the heart of the Father. Now, can favor look like a promotion? Absolutely. Can favor look like an engagement? Absolutely. Can favor look like, you know, you getting into college? Absolutely. But I don't want to barricade the definition to what the world ascribes as good. Man looks at the outside, but God looks at the heart. If you look at everything that Mary was, she was young, yet favored. She looked insignificant, but she was favored. It appeared to the world she was involved in a scandal, 
because she was pregnant and not yet married. And in that day, that was the epitome of not favored. It was a scandal. Yet she was favored. She was single, yet favored. She was poor, yet favored. I remember when I was kicked out of my church 20 years ago after I had filed for divorce from my husband. I remember God speaking to me very clearly, and I remember me really meeting with God and me really beginning my journey with the Lord during that time. And I remember when I filed for divorce and all this stuff, I knew what God had told me. I was standing on what God had told me. It looked from the outside like a scandal. It looked like this pastor's daughter is doing this and she is totally going against everything that God said, but I knew what God had told me. It looked like a scandal. And I remember clinging to his word so hard during that time. I ended up getting kicked out of my church. A lot of you guys know the story. My dad eventually got fired from that church. And in the midst of what appeared to be a scandal, I clung to what God had told me. And years later, years later, other people found out, oh, God really did speak to her. It took time, but I knew that favor at that moment in my life looked like a scandal. I knew what God had said. Mary knew what God had said to her. And she stayed the course and she stood on his word. And her response was, may it be according to your word. She submitted to it. Sometimes favor looks like risk. She risked everything. Everything to submit to the call that was on her life. I hope this opens up your eyes today. We're going to dig into this a little bit more in the coming weeks. But maybe, just maybe, this conversation that we're having today might open your eyes. Maybe you've given up on yourself. Maybe you've called yourself ordinary for so long you've given up hopes of being used supernaturally by God. But that's exactly who God chooses to use, you. And let's not be so caught up with that the world calls favor that we don't look at ourselves and say, Lord, would you, could you use me to do something so significant just like you chose Mary in circumstances that didn't look like the way the world defines favor? I'll tell you this, there's some people that look favored that aren't, that are far from God. There's some people that have everything the world holds in a definition that are so far from God. That's not favored. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. I hope this stirs something up in you. Favor look like a baby born in a stable. Eventually, that baby would define favor as crucifixion on the cross for you and my sin. Sometimes favor doesn't look like favor. May this encourage you today as we head into this Christmas season. Love you guys. Catch me back here after the break when I answer a question from you. 
What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve, rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God, with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the biblical harlot, and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse, and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey guys, we're back from the break. I have a question from one of you. And actually, my production team said, hey, why don't you answer this question? Because I want to know the answer to it. (laughs) This is the question. It comes from Stephanie. Just a reminder, you can direct message on any of our social media questions for me. And you also can email them at hello at autumnmiles.com. This one came in from Stephanie. Stephanie says this, 2020 has drained me and I'm having trouble focusing. I'm exhausted mentally and physically. I feel like a failure to my family. What should I even be asking God for? What do you do when you don't know what to pray? What a great question. And Stephanie, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head for so many people this year. We've all been faced with all sorts of crazy things. I have been right here exactly where you are. I know what it's like to feel physically. And it's almost like the mental draining drains you physically. It has a a physical reaction. This is what I do. I will take time where I will go on a date with myself. I will leave my house and I will go find a spot. There's a spot in Dallas that no one ever comes to. It's like a little, a little special place. Sometimes I'll get out of my car. Sometimes I'll just stand there. Sometimes I've sat in the middle of the road and I've just prayed. I have taken time and you've got to take extra time when you're feeling the way that you're feeling to sit and allow the Spirit of God to minister to you. You've got to allow the Spirit of God and the presence of God to minister to you. David said it like this. He said, I am going to strengthen myself in the Lord. Sometimes we need to sit down And we need, rather than us thinking that we are worshiping and us thinking that we are doing something for God, sometimes we need to sit down and we need to let and allow the presence and the spirit of God to minister to us. He knows the driest part of your 
mind, of your heart. He knows the biggest thing that is bothering you and turn on some worship music. Do what I do. Get away. Take a, take a date away with yourself. Find a place where it's just you and the Lord and you sit there and you let the Lord minister to you. Take your Bible along. Take your devotional along. Take your phone along and play some music. You let the Lord minister to you. We forget that the Spirit of God knows how to interpret our thoughts and our needs and our heart to the Father. He literally is the go-between. He's the liaison between us and God the Father. He knows how to interpret your grunts, your silence to the Lord. That is His job to do that. So I would get alone as much as you can or get up early. If your kids get up at 6, get up at 4.30 and have this time with the Lord and allow the Lord to minister to you. Allow it to infiltrate you and you will find before too long that you will be feeling stronger on the inside. Sometimes we don't know what to pray. Sometimes we don't know what to ask for. Sometimes we don't even have the words and I've been there. And and a lot of times during those times, I'll just call on the name of Jesus repeatedly over, over, over and again and ask the spirit to minister to me. I hope this helps you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Subscribe, write us a review, tell a friend. Man, we love to minister to you guys. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show.